Because uh, the judge, which is like the older kid and all his little friends that go along with bullying uh, the main character, they tend to do, like they act like they're part of the war, so they'll do uh, war torture on him to bully him. Like one example was the bar torture, where he, uh, the main character has to hold the bar up for a uh, amount of time, and if he doesn't beat his previous time, then they all get a take turns beating him up. And I think um, it's really effective because, like, since he's British, um, like, the Dutch took the fall, so, and then um, they do it because they believe that they need to do it, like, there's no reason why they should, but they feel they, they feel the need to, and it's, it's interesting to see how, like, mature he is about it because he just accepts it and he knows that they're all against him anyway. And well, then he later goes back to his farm where his nanny is and meets this medicine man who helps him like get over his uh, beer or, or like he's got a peeing the bed problem. So he's getting he's helping him get over his peeing the bed. And then um, so during when that happens he also teaches him how to control uh, chicken. So he brings this chicken to a school named Grandpa Chook, and Grandpa Chook aids him in actually making friends. He even helps him with Mevro, who's the uh, kind of schoolmaster there, who is in charge and becomes. And the chicken actually becomes a help. But then later, the judge kills the chicken on the last day, and makes uh, PK eat his own poop, which is really bad torture. And then there's a sudden shift in the story as he leaves on the train and he gets a pair of shoes and the whole story just kind of changes a lot there because it seems like it, he's suddenly transported into the more modern world that we can relate to on the train and he meets Hoppy, the boxer, who's really nice to him. He gets to experience like the real world. Okay, I have a quick question. So why do you think that why do you think Mevro was so nice about the shoes thing? Like she wouldn't leave unless she wasn't nice. I meant well, like she kind of yeah, she, she like, kind of she implied kind of, that like defended him. Yeah, but she didn't want to get in trouble by the person who was uh, taking in uh, <coughs> PK because she knows if he looks harmed, money. yeah, or is harmed, then it won't look good for her. Because it was his grandpa's money to buy the shoes. You know? You yeah. know they didn't fit and he didn't even want them, she just bought them for him because she had to. So I don't know, she's being like super <clears throat> nice. Or just because she needed to. Yeah. I think the storekeeper was being more nice than her because yeah. she wanted to give him shoes that were four sizes too big. Yeah, and he was denying it, but then he eventually did and gave him like suckers and stuff. Yeah. So nice. I like the use of the suckers. I think that's really cute because that's something the reader can relate to. Yeah. Like when you go to the doctor and they give yeah. you a sucker at the end. Those are the best. <laughs> and then later.
later in the story, after he gets on the train, he meets Hoppy or Grunwald, <clears throat> and they become friends because he just, he, it says in the book, I forgot exactly what it is, but he'll teach him more uh, in his whole life, and just like that day and the night that he was with him, because he's to, Hoppy is constantly teaching uh, the main character just a bunch of lessons about um, boxing and life in general, and he really takes a liking to him as you can see in the story. Well, it's also nice because Hoppy gives us a sense of relief in that, in that most of the book is, like, really stressful and, like, we worry about what he has to go through and, like, the fact that he's on his train with a nice guy that, that doesn't, like, doesn't, you're good, that doesn't, like, discriminate him. It's, like, nice to be able to read something that makes him happy. Yeah. It is a really, like, big mood shift. I like to read the book Alright, then we got some discussion questions we can start off. First question is how would we how would us personally interpret the book if we, we did not know the history behind the struggles between the Dutch and the British in South Africa? So I think we should start off by kind of saying what happened to start off with why the British and the Dutch hit each other. It was a war. There was a British and Dutch war where the British defeated the Dutch, and yeah, British defeated the Dutch, and then uh, something happened that sent them to South America or something. Yeah, for like the diamonds and stuff, they were fighting over the land in the Boer Wars, and so there's a lot of stuff that's said in the book that the Dutch say about the British and why they hate them, but like I don't really know if that's true like about the 26,000 that die on like the concentration camps and like mm. that stuff. You wouldn't know what the book was, like you wouldn't know what anything meant unless you knew the background of <laughs> the war and how it ended up. Yeah, and then another question we can dive into is, uh, did Menro end up starting to like PK in the end? Or do you think they still despise each other? Um, I think that they still they don't, I don't know if they hate each other, but they definitely weren't sad to see each other go at the end because with the textual evidence you're wanting, <coughs> I don't exactly. I think I'm Grandpa Chick might have had something to do with that because she really liked that chicken. But, um, yeah. It says at the end of the day that it was a dry goodbye on both sides. And so that just means that, um, Mevro and, um, the main character, PK, uh, they weren't, like, best of friends and they didn't necessarily hate each other but they didn't really they weren't sad to see each other go it's kind of like a mutual thing like they both kind of they definitely didn't hate each other it's just kind of a like they know each other's places and their like position. mutual respect because when Mevro because the tables turned on Mevro when she peed her pants and and then she was always beating and making fun of Pisco or PK, which she called him Piscop, for uh, peeing the bed. So I think that's kind of a little bit of irony in the, that I liked. Yeah, so they. I don't really think they still like each other because uh, 63 it says there's a dry eyed farewell on both sides. So yeah. Alright. Uh, why does the judge have it in for PK? Have you ever encountered people like the judge in your life? And what's the best way to deal with them? Well, for one, he doesn't like him because he's English. I, I think, think that's, that's kind of the only reason. 
I meant, I meant because there's so many reasons he could like PK. Like, PK does his homework for him, helps him raise his grades. I meant, PK is not rude to him at all. And he's just picking on this little kid who is so innocent. And I mean, I, I just see him in life as just kind of that one person everyone knows that you just kind of hate. I feel like that's the judge. Well, I feel like, I feel like PK is kind of like, like he, the judge seems like a, kind of like a dermaphobe, honestly. And he's really, uh, if something like happens to him, he like freaks out. So like PK could literally do whatever to him to like get him back but he's not going to do that because he's like he respects his position and also like he knows his place and that everyone else is just against him so he's not going to do anything about it it was kind of different how from like most stories you hear how pk deals with this by just like he doesn't cry and he just stands there and like accepts it and learns to camouflage himself where like in most stories you always hear like the main character is always like a rebel and they like go against and like Try to change stuff and like would like in most stories you would see him like fight ju the judge and win because it's like fictional stories but in this I like the way he just sucks it I'm up. I'm really impressed how play. smart PK is because like he's only five years old at this time and he's already doing like high level math and he can think clearly how he could survive in a time of where everyone is out for his neck. Yeah, you definitely see him wiser beyond his years because he gives all the lessons on how like camouflage is like being me. It says mediocrity is the best camouflage in life, and that was the line that stood out to me. Uh, a page that I also forgot. Yeah, um, I had that written down. Page number twenty-nine. It says he had beaten the executor by adapting perfectly, and we were safe together again. And this shows like his camouflage works for him and Grandpa Chook because it they just have to change and adapt to survive. Alright. Do you think that PK handled the bullying well? Or do you think he could have done something different? And what would we have done in this situation? I think he handled it <laughs> as well as he could at least because he's still five and he's still a little kid and there's these are a bunch of 12 10 and like 11 year olds they're just all beating him up so I don't feel like there's nothing he could do that much because he couldn't tell a teacher because even even the teachers are hiding up are trying to cover up um it's kind of the abuse that they give him like when Mavu told him to uh, tell the doctor that he fell out of the tree when the teacher accidentally cut him so yeah, yeah I don't think there's much he could have done I would have for sure told the doctor there what actually happened mm -hmm. oh yeah but then Mervra? Yeah. Mervra? Yeah. Wasn't she there? Yeah, so she would've just... She would've just beat him. Yeah. So, I think... That's true. That would've been a bad thing. I don't know what I would've done in this situation. I mean, I wouldn't been as brave as PK, and, like, just take that for years upon years, or just months upon months. So... I mean, I would just... I'd give him credits for having that much courage. <laughs> All right, uh, next question is, how will the bullying and the murder of Grandpa Chuke affect PK's rest of his life? What effect did this all have on him? I feel like with the bullying that dropped and like basically killing the equivalent of like a dog to us, um, like with our pets, to the murder of Grandpa Chuke, definitely made PK grow up faster and also made him more like uh, 
cautious about what he's going to do in the future, not always trusting, maybe. You can see this in his interactions with Hoppy, how so many things Hoppy says he just doesn't understand, and he thinks <laughs> he's going to hate him when he finds out that he's British. Yeah. And uh, on page 50, uh, PK says uh, when he was covering up uh, Grandpa Chuk's body and having like his little service for him, he's saying, South Africa's first victim in the war against Adolf Hitler was safe at last. And I think this kind of shows that he knows that there's more torture that's yet to come, but he's going to just fight it head on and take it like a man. That's right. All right. The next question is, who do you think ended up winning in the end between PK and the judge? And is this the last we see of the judge? I feel like it's the last of him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much, but I feel like we kind of got a conclusion of it. And I don't know, at the end of the chapter, when instead of going back to the farm, how he's going to somewhere else kind of makes it feel like he won't be going back to school too, but I don't really know. I feel like a judge will be just kind of like, instead of just, he won't be like a physical character for PK anymore, but like whenever he faces a challenge head on, he'll just think of the judge and consider that of the judge. Like later on when he, he struggles into more. So I feel like this is the end we see of the judge in person. But the judge will have his lasting effect and help compare others to the judge. And who do you think won between them? You think won? Yeah. PK doesn't seem very defeated. I think PK won, yeah, because he got the last laugh, I meant. He got cramped to poop in the judge's mouth, I meant. Oh, and yeah, he had to funny. run away, so. I think he got the final thing. Yeah, I obviously think that, well, obviously Grandpa Chook did that on his own. Like, it's not like PK, like, told him to. So, like, I mean, I'm sure PK would rather him not do that so he wouldn't die. But, you know, I think it was worth it for Grandpa Chook to get the judge back one time before, like, he would, he would die for PK. And that's what he did. And I think that, I don't know, that was kind of bittersweet. Grandpa Chook is the OG. And then, uh, why do we think that Hoppy adores PK so much and decides to help him? And would we do the same thing for a suffering boy who comes to us? I don't know. I feel like he, I don't know if he, like, adores him. He's obviously, he might have at first just been trying to be friendly with him. Like, when he helps him up on the, on the train when he falls down on the steps and Mavru was, like, yelling at him already. But he might just also see that he's kind of shy and scared, too. And you might pick up clues that he's been mistreated in like, <coughs> school and stuff, but yeah. uh, I would have done the same problem. Well, I mean, I tried to put my, I tried to put myself in, uh, in his shoes, and like, if you just see like this, <coughs> this little boy like going on his own on a train, and like he doesn't exactly know like what's going on, like he's never been on a train before, and like he's just a little teeny boy with like giant shoes, like what are you, what are you gonna think about him? And so, like, obviously I would kind of do what he did and help him out and try to be friendly towards him because since he's so shy and, like, kind of timid, it kind of shows that he's not much, like, he probably doesn't have very many friends. I think with Hoppy, you could see that he's just an all-around really kind, nice person because the other part where the person he's about to fight, like, calls him a Kaffir lover and, like, stuff like that. So it kind of shows that he's just an all-around nice person, and that might be part of the reason. I think there's a sense of, like, awakening in Hoppy when, because, like, when uh, he was getting PK ready to go take a shower, when 
PK finally confessed to him why it's bothering him this whole time that he's uh, a runic. And so I think Hoppy finally understands that this kid has been being like segregated against because of just he's British. So I think Hoppy just starts understanding and that's when he starts getting uh, PK a lot more and, and just helping him out. And then the last question is, why do you think the author calls this book the power of one for what we know so far? I think he, there was a line in there where he mentioned it one time. It was at the beginning. There was Somewhere. one in the beginning and one in chapter five. Or, yeah. yeah, I think he said before he was about to go back to the place, he was about to discover the power of one. Well, there was, there was one line at the beginning of the book. Yeah. That I got it right here. Ahead of me lay the dreaded Mevru, the judge, it's on page 20, the judge and the jury in the beginning of the power of one. I learned that in each of us there burns a flame of independence that must never be allowed to go out. That as long as it exists within us, we cannot be destroyed. So there's probably a big theme of individualism where he's trying to just rely on himself because in like the, basically the first four chapters of the story when it's just him versus the teachers and the bullies <coughs> and the judge, it's all about him and himself just trying to cope with it. And yeah, um, Grandpa Chuk helps, but it's can't help as much as he can because he's just chicken. So like up until we see we meet Hoppy, it kind of just shows how he is like lonely and just it's him against the world. <coughs> All right, we're gonna move on now to the or uh the diction detective part. I already mentioned my first quote from page twenty nine about adaption. So we can move on to my second word from page 38, um, the use of the word dumb cop in the entirety of these chapters we've read so far. <clears throat> and I was just curious about it, like what exactly it means, because they obviously use it as an insult. So I looked it up and it's basically it translates to like stupid or dumb. But the main question here was like why um, for this word and like some other words he uses the a different language of the word the language that like the main character is speaking and not how the rest of it is written in English so what were your guys' thoughts on why he uses a different language for certain words I used to incorporate like the culture into it at least because if he just says like dummy and I mean it simples it down for us and what I kind of found surprising because like in the time period they are in I thought, like, I mean, I know they're in South Africa, but I thought the Africans would be segregated against from everyone else, but they are still are, but not as much as I thought they would be back in that time. So I think they just kind of incorporated their culture because, like, when you stay with someone for something else, you, their culture starts to grow on you. So I think that's why they used that language. Yeah. I like how he does that with use of, like, uh, a lot of the native language makes it feel more like realistic and like you're there and then my last uh phrase was from page 69 uh it's hoppy saying and nobody and i mean nobody would give will give kid pk any crapola and i liked how he wrote this um and you can really read it in hoppy's voice and it gives him a lot of character uh, especially like the word nobody and crapola it's such a, like, so different from the, the rest of the book. Mm -hmm. 
Alright, now we'll move to Joe's. So I chose the, uh, a poem. It's called To Set Out on Their Journey by Galway Kennel. And uh, it says, We sit side by side, brother and sister, and read the book of what will be. While a breeze blows the pages over, desolate, odd, cheerful even, and otherwise. When we come to our own story, the happy beginning, the ending we don't know yet, the 10,000 acts encumbering the days between, we will read every page of it. If an ancestor has pressed a love flower for us, it will lie hidden in between the pages of the slow going, where only those who adore the story ever read. When the time comes to shut the book and set out, we will take childhood's laughter as far as we can into the days to come, until another laughter sounds back from the place where our next bodies will have risen, and we will be telling tales what seemed deadly serious once, offering to us only wayfarers, the light heart now made of time and sorrow that we started with. And I annotated parts of it, and it's, in the beginning what it says we sit side by side, I said that that reflects PK being a child, because like, they're children, just like sitting by side by side reading a book. And then it, the book of what will be implies the future, and how this book is about his life, and we're only in the beginning, so there's much more to come. And then in to our own story, the happy beginning. Uh, PK is still young and, and thinks he knows what death is and seems to have things mainly figured out. But then when he goes down the train and explores more of the real world, he sees that life's not all that simple. And the ending, we don't know yet. The 10,000 acts encumbering the days between. Uh, I incorporate this with the book because the days are all very detailed from his point of view because he's so observant as a child. Then, when the time comes to shut the book and set out, I thought that shut the book means like when we die, and how we will take the good memories with us and re reflects PK retelling the story and how he emphasizes the good times of Grandpa Chuck and being with Hoppy. And then we'll have risen and we'll be telling tales of what seemed deadly serious once. This reflects the fact that PK is retelling the story of his life through this book, and that is all I had. Um, I was going to talk about. Art. Okay. So I drew a picture of when um, PK fell off the stairs and um, Greenwald was helping him up. So like you can see that like the train's behind them and there's the stairs and there's um, PK sitting on his bum looking up at Greenwald and Greenwald has his hand out to help him up and it kind of shows like the first time that PK sees like generosity in a long time. That's very nice. Um, I really like the, the detail on there, the, the train, I mean, it, it just kind of really shows just how much of an effect Hoppy had, because he was embarrassed that anyone would care, but when Hoppy helped him up, he saw it, alright, it's alright. Yeah, he related to him too. What do you have to say about it, Joe? Uh, I like, oops, mine stopped. Well, I liked that, um, uh, how it shows that he's just lending him like a helping hand when he tries to help him up because it kind of turns over a new leaf for um, PK and how he's always used to just being like pushed around by the judge and the teachers there and just seeing like an adult figure that reminds him of just like a farm town in the home that's like nice to him and caring. I I mean when I read that part of the book I started enjoying it more too so I like that part. What do you think Lauren? Yeah I, I think it's a really uh, it shows like the real shift in the story there just that moment where he helps him up and showing kindness which 
he's never experienced before. Alright. Good podcast. Elfine. We'll see you later. Make sure Tune in next week for okay, make sure to hit that like button. Turn on <laughs> notifications. Yeah, like and subscribe below. <laughs>